When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The heavyweight showdown. Real This is going to be one hell of a fight. I don't fear being knocked back out or even killed. I don't fear nothing. You ain't ready for me, and you never will be. He's going to feel a pain that he never felt before. What's he going to do? Follow me around the ring like this all day. And if he can't land it, he's totally... When you go home, I want you to think about me every night. The world knows the name of Tyson Fury, and if they don't, they will do on December 1st. You can't eat me, big When I look over your body, I'm not going to have no mercy for you. I want this to be one of the greatest combats in boxing history. No man could have ever had a greater life than me. I've had it all, chucked it all away, and I'm going to regain it all again and again and again. One champion, one face. I can't wait to see your body shake. You bring your pillow because you're going to have a good sleep. <laughs> mind games are mine. This is my time. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast and this is the preview for Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. So if you'd like to subscribe, we are available on all streaming platforms, uh, on Twitter and Facebook at BTR Boxing Pod. And today I'm joined by co-host, as always, Jordy Neal. How you doing, mate? right? Yeah, it's good to see you. Yeah, very well. And uh, I'm obviously excited about the big fight this weekend, so we've been buzzing to get in all week, so... Yeah. Now let's get into it. I can't wait. This is uh, this is a, a genuine 50-50 heavyweight fight that a lot of people are looking forward to, especially us. We've been talking about it last night, funnily enough, and uh, it's going to carry over into the the podcast today and uh, some of the debatable facts that we were talking about over WhatsApp. So this is going to be a really interesting, uh, a really interesting podcast preview for this fight, I think, and. Like I say, I'm genuinely pumped up for it and, and all the stuff that's going at the moment. But I think, uh, Jordi, I want to start with you, really. You know, we'll start with uh, maybe Deontay Wilder first, and let's talk a little bit about what's got him to where he is in his career at the moment. And well, generally, what what do you think about the man? I'm not like I don't 
actually think he's like I don't want to be disrespectful. Look, he's not the best boxer in the world. He might be heavyweight champion, but he's not the best best boxer in the world by a long stretch. But um, I think he's got it. He's, he demands respect, really, just through his punching power. I mean, I know people have been sort of taking a piss a little bit this week on Twitter about his footwork and you know that video <laughs> yeah. doesn't do him much, doesn't do him any favors. Chicken legs. Yeah, but like. His record speak for himself. You know he's forty and you know, thirty nine KOs. Yeah, majority of them have been to Articans, but you know he's been the man in the ring. He's been the man doing it, and he's WBC heavyweight champion of the world. So, you know, as I said, he demands respect. But you know what he faces Saturday night is something that he won't have he won't have seen before. But I think just on his ability, you've got to sort of give him respect for his ability as well because he was a bronze uh, medalist at the Olympics you know yeah. he he won that you know a year after getting on the squad or a year after starting or whatever so you know he's not terrible it's just that he's he's, he's in the upper echelons of the game now where everyone's really good so you know his, his small faults are sometimes highlighted more than others yeah he's just an unorthodox fighter and, and, that, and that's what people slating for is the fact that he is very unorthodox uh, his footwork can at times look really sloppy and you, you wouldn't expect it out of a guy that was a bronze medalist which is for people who didn't know where he got his nickname the bronze bomber from uh, a, a little bit of a nod to Joe Lewis's brown bomber we've got the bronze bomber in John Wilder but going back to what we're saying there about the footwork and the unorthodoxness of, of John Wilder as a fighter he's got him 40 40 wins 39 by the way of knockout all but that one fight with uh, Bermain Stavern, the, the one that he won the heavyweight title for. And he's, you know, as we go into this preview episode, this, the, you know, this week that we're in, which is fight week, is is starting to uh, starting to show a lot of different things. And, and I think it's going to get straight into sort of topical debates about the fact that, it, for me, it looks a little bit not himself, as in not physically, but mentally, he seems to be this sort of different character. And I know he's said this before in interviews where he, he switches on to a different person. He's, he's Deontay Wilder and he's the bronze bomber. Yeah, alter ego. Yeah, like and it's like he's switched on a different all, all, you know, alter ego. And he's just become a little bit more aggressive in the build-up to the fight. And it's not something I've personally seen from him before. But I, it makes me wonder where the fury's got into his head. I think it's normal because you look at, you know, I don't know if you heard things from his trainer yesterday, Jay Diaz, he was completely relaxed about it and he was sort of like, you know, this is where he does switch and he does have this, mate, let's not go as far as alter ego, you know, he's not Lady Gaga and all like that, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But, like, he's, he does he does switch into fight mode and maybe yesterday at the press conference where he went a bit mental, maybe that was him just switching and, you know, people are trying to read into it saying, Fiori's gone into his head and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, all he was doing was shouting in his face a little bit, yeah, the, the racism stuff and, you know, we, we've been struggling for 400 years, which, you know, is probably factual, but is like, I don't think he did anything massively out of character. He's a, he's an, it's like an egomaniac anyway, isn't he? Yeah. He, he shouts and, you know, he does the bomb squad stuff. And so I think people are getting a bit carried away about how, how like crazy they go. You know, it'd probably be tough not to go crazy with Tyson Fury in your face, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think I do. I do feel like there's a part of him where he knows he's up against his biggest test mentally, and it's like a, it's about you know this, this is a cliche saying it's like seventy percent mental, thirty percent physical, and 
a lot of boxing trainers will tell you that is the case out there and Deontay Wilder's just getting himself in that mental right frame of mind ready for this fight coming up against a guy who is also undefeated has also got the same sort of confidence slash little bit of arrogance about him who, who believes they're not going to be beat on the night so it's, it's it's a different kettle of fish for him I mean he's been in with uh, another undefeated fighter in his last fight which we'll talk about in Ortiz but Ortiz isn't a talker 185 185 year old <laughs> Luis Ortiz from the Victorian era um, yeah he's obviously been in with Ortiz and he had a bit of a life and death fight with him and I think that's that fight for me has shown a lot about Deontay Wilder because as you said at the top of the show he's been in with a lot of tomato cans uh, over the over the years to build up that record yeah. and it's only really been in the past four years I would say where I feel four or five years where I feel like you know that's where he's really started to get his experience and I think that fight with Ortiz last time showed me everything I wanted to see about Deontay Wilder yeah but I think like sort of yeah he has four tomato cans but for the last five years he's been fighting fringe world level fighters who've been Oddly Harrison yeah well yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's been like fighting people who've been mandatories or up in the rankings whereas you know I, I see like the OT stuff that's his biggest that's his biggest asset in this fight really because Fury's fought as I said to you yesterday Pianetta and Sefer Seferi since 2015 you know they say what you want about Deontay Wilder but he'd absolutely pummel a pair of them yeah. In less than a round, I'd, I'd probably imagine because they'd be beat before they got in the ring. Like majority of fighters are with Wilder. You know, take his ability out of it. You know, he's an intimidating man. His record's intimidating. His right hand's intimidating. People are beat before they get in there. I don't, I'm not saying Tyson Fury is for one minute, but you know, I think the fact that he's been still winning, but sort of, you know, Lewis Ortiz is a good fighter. No, he's more than a good fighter. Very to good be honest, fire. you know what I mean. So. And he come through his trials and tribulations, as he says. He got, he got chinned. He was knackered. He was, like, you know, on the edge of getting stopped. And then he still carries that power. You know, he, he's knocking people out in the ninth and tenth round. You know, so this is not just a guy who can wipe it out early. That power's there from, from, you know, beginning to end. So that's that's one of my worries for Fury. It's a big worry, and it's a lot of what people will focus on. And it's it's split people this fight because. Everybody feels like it's too soon for Tyson Fury. I know, I know. I think you're kind of one of them yeah. people that do feel it's probably a little bit too soon. And you mentioned it there about if Deontay Wilder would have been in with Safari and Bayonetta, what would he have done against him? It would blow him away. Yeah, literally, and I don't think like for Fury's first fight, I turned off. I literally stopped. It, it was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah, it was a joke. Yeah, yes, he's a yes, he's a great character. And look, I probably want him to win. You know, I do want I want him to be world champion because I want to see, you know, the, not just the fight but the build up to him and Joshua if it was to ever happen. Yeah. And but if you take all emotion out of it and just look at it coldly, you cannot fight them two fight, fellas since 2015 and then go and fight for the heavyweight world title and, and win. And look, I might look stupid on on Sunday morning because <laughs> Fury's the type of guy who makes you look stupid. But I think the only logical way of looking at it is that he's massively up against it and the fact that. The odds are so close, you know, from a betting point of view, it's just a bit. I just I, I don't understand it to be honest, and it's hard for me to say that because I'm sort of contradicting. So I'm not a massive Wilder fan, but just in this scenario, I just think he's just an overwhelming favourite. Well, going back to obviously Deontay Wilder and, and his record, yes, there has been a lot of fighters on there, and you think to yourself, actually, you know, the tomato cans. But what in the last sort of five years, I think that's where he's really started to step up his level of opposition. Now, I don't, I don't think it's fair for people to say he's actually. 
everyone on his record had smarter can because they're not. I mean, if you go back to 2013, I you know I I jokingly mentioned Alder Harrison in there, and he blew Alder Harrison away, and then he went in against uh, Lyakovich for the WBC Continental Americas heavyweight title, knocked him out, a former world title challenger. Then he went in with Malik Scott 2014. Then he beat Stavern over 12 rounds in 2015 for the WBC title and he's been the champion ever since so that was a good well I'm not saying that wasn't a well beaten Stavane but that was a in shape Stavane yeah. do you know what I mean and, yeah yeah and like we've seen in the rematch Stavane's not always in shape so he, he that's a good test that he that he come through and as you say that's what 2015 and I'm from there he fought Eric Molina who you know was justified as an opponent for Anthony Joshua no one argued about that you know do um, Spitzker who you know give him a little bit of a fight and then he absolutely spun him on his head but yeah, his his record is probably could be better, but it's still solid in yeah. the last five years. Yeah, well, that's the difference, and and pe- what people will always say about Fury is he's got a Klitschko in his record, and that mm. was his defining fight so far in his career. He's got that Klitschko in his record, and the wins over Chisora don't look as bad in this day and age yeah. than what they did a few years ago. He's beat Chisora twice, and the second time he absolutely. It outboxed him completely. You know, it was a, an absolute one-sided affair. But again, that wasn't an in-shape Chisora, a motivated Chisora, and we've seen what a motivated Chisora can do. Do you know he's he's still fighting now, and he's he's got this fight with Dillian White, another heavyweight clash yeah. at the uh, at the end of December. So it just goes to show you that you know records they look sometimes can look great on paper uh, and, and not look great on paper, but it sometimes doesn't really mean nothing once you get in there at the end of at the end of the day. Once them two are face to face and the referee is giving the final instructions, that you know this isn't for me isn't going to mean a lot because you've got an absolute banger against a guy who essentially on paper should outbox the puncher, but. It's just a compelling fight to, to, to discuss and I think we move on and talk about Tyson Fury now. We've touched a little bit on him here. Tyson Fury's coming back after, what, nearly three years out of the ring? Yeah, well, the Klitschko fight was three years this week, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. No, time and time and like, is convenient that the fact that it's three years on and he's looking to make another mark, but... You know, three years is a long time. It's, it's a long time, you're right. And I think I've mentioned this maybe on one of the episodes recently where we've talked about people can go out of the ring. I think it was actually last week where I've said people can go out of boxing for two or three years, come back and be absolutely nowhere near the man they once was but then there is special exceptions out there that can come back and still look as fresh as they did three years ago is Tyson Fury one of them well that remains to be seen I'm not suggesting he is but this is what Saturday night is going to show us I think the people who come back you know go all the way back to like Muhammad Ali and stuff the athletes you know and the prime athletes Fury is you know officially a professional athlete but he doesn't look like one (laughs) he, he probably he definitely hasn't lived like one no, you know, that's for sure. And all that tax on your body over them years, you know, there's no way you can just do that to your body and then it just, you know, nothing happens. Your body just forgets about it and doesn't come back on you. And I think that's Andre Ward. I've touched on this on other podcast, but Andre Ward said after round seven, that's when your lifestyle comes into it. You know, if you've been living boxing, then yeah. you're okay. And you know, that's my fear for Tyson Fury. I don't think he's lived boxing, and I'm so happy he's come over his his mental health issues and I love the fact that he's he's highlighting it's something that I'm passionate about and personally and I think you know the fact that he's showing everyone that you can get from 28 stone you can get back to the pinnacle of the game that's great but as I said let's look at this coldly and you know he's, he hasn't lived like a heavyweight champion of the world 
but I, I always say though, bodies don't win fights, and no. it's it's cliche saying, but it's true. Bodies do not win your fights. Andy Joshua has got a supremely looking specimen of a man, but yet that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to go in there and win the fight because of the way his body looks. I mean, Tyson Fury doesn't always look like he's in shape at all. I mean, you mentioned to me off air about how he looked against Klitschko and how he looked in you know phenomenal shape and how he doesn't look in phenomenal shape for this particular fight, but. Yeah, he's slim. He's slimmed down a lot. It looks like they're going for speed. It looks like they're going for elusiveness. But I don't think you can. I don't know how much you can read into that. It's difficult because I don't think you can read too much into that all the time because we can sit here and slag people like Jarrell Miller off, who looks like a, a potato, and then we can look at Tyson Fury and think, yeah, you know, he looks like he's not in shape, but yeah, he could go in there and produce something epic on and the Saturday Tyson night. Fury, isn't it? That like if any other man was in this fight after. T- Three years out and having two fights against the two opponents, I don't. He would be twenty-five to one, and everyone would say this is ridiculous. Like he stands no chance. But it's Tyson Fury at the end of the day, and he's shown you know that he can upset the odds before. Yeah. You know, ending the Klitschko reign that nobody could do, and he'd done it well. By the way, he absolutely dominated. So the fact he's Tyson Fury, you know, is the, is why we're sitting here and everyone's made up about this fight and everyone's doing. You know, getting excited and there's so much coverage is because it's because what he brings. You know, his ability, his natural abilities just cannot be questioned. Like he's an he's an immense boxer, but it takes more than that, in no. my opinion. Well, I know I can understand where you're coming from. I just I just don't think it's uh, I don't think we can read too much into it. From from my perspective, is that. Yeah, he might not look 100% the way he maybe he's looked in once, you know, once or twice in his career, but yeah, we've seen him do numbers on Klitschko and we've seen him beat the likes of Derek Chisora and he's been in some very tough fights over the years and I think it's them tough fights that he's been in that's going to put him in in good stead for this one because he has been in with aggressive fighters, he has been in with big punches before and, you know, he's overcame them, he's found a way to overcome it and even looking at him in the two fights, yes, the Safari fight was a joke and he looked a bit silly to watch at times. And you know, the Pianetta fight didn't wasn't great, but it felt like he well, he was just trying to get rounds in because he said it in the post fight interview that he just wanted the rounds to, to check that the stamina is still there because they said they can do it in the gym, no problem. But doing it in the gym, doing it in the in the ring on the night is, is you know, it's two totally different things, and a lot of people will agree with that, but you can't. Just, just take them performances and go. Well, actually, you know, he's 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 not going to win this fight based on them two performances because they weren't great. But I, I think, I think he's been saving something for a big fight. And that's what I think. I think he's saving something special for this big fight. And uh, it's not, it's not me being. I'm not being biased about it when I say it. I'm not saying because yeah, I want him to win. No, no, <laughs> I'm not having it. Obviously, I, w- I would like him to win, but I've just got this this feeling like. He's not showing everybody everything in them two fights because he, he wants the big fight and now he's got this big fight and he's gonna he's gonna really show everything in this fight with Wilder and I think that this is what we're gonna get. But we'll go down to we'll go through that in you know sort of the prediction stage uh, of the episode. I just wanted to sort of touch on both really the fighters and the records and the type of fights they've been in and, and, and obviously both men have been in some tough fights over the years. I think Fury more than anybody. Yeah, definitely. I think you know. As you said, the, the the one fight that sticks out on both records is is the Klitschko fight in Germany. So, you know, he holds that experience wise. But I think um, I think touching back on your point of you know holding back something for this big fight, uh, you know, plenty of people have said that Tyson Fury needs to be in boxing, and 
you know, just for his life to run smoothly, he needs to be in in this elite athlete environment. But I I sort of do believe that he needs to be in a big fight as well. I think Tyson Fury in a big fight is where he's at his absolute optimum. That's where like he's probably the happiest out the ring. Yeah. He's definitely happiest in the ring. You know that that brings the best out of him. So you know, there's no bigger fight than this. Probably maybe Joshua, arguably, but you know. He's right back at the top of the game, so he's going to be as happy as he can possibly be and as dangerous as he can possibly be. But whether that's good enough, you know, that that remains to be seen. But we'll all see on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Well, they only say that you're only as good as the person you're in there with. Yeah. And you've 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 highlighted that quite clearly there. Like when he steps up against Klitschko, he stepped up at a level which we'd not seen before. And the way he negated Klitschko as a fighter was was something that nobody expected. And I think that's partly what's going to, for me, go down in this fight. I'm not expecting this fight to be a Hagler Hearns. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not expecting that whatsoever, but I am expecting it to be a, a chess match. And it's going to be, I guarantee you, by, by Friday, by Saturday morning, there'll be memes going around social media. That meme that I absolutely love. And everybody uses the same one of the husband and wife laying in bed. Oh, and yeah. yeah, you know which one I'm going to, yeah. don't you? And it's going to say something like along the lines of, um, is, is, he, is he thinking about another woman? And then the man goes, is, is Fury going to be able to negate that wilder right hand? Well, it's true, <laughs> mate. Like, but just drawing comparison there, like I think Klitschko was... Um, you know, Klitschko only threw when he knew it was going to do anything. I think the difference in this fight is that Wilder will just throw anyway. Even if it's never going to land, he will just throw and he'll fall over his feet, probably <laughs> yeah. stumble into the ropes and come back for more. Do you know what I mean? So, as much as Fury's unpredictable, so is Wilder. Yeah. And obviously this is what makes it a great fight, but I don't think you'll see the, the same thing. I mean, I, I think the first the first few rounds might, go, might not take off. I think Fury might... Everyone thinks he's going to be on the back foot, but my opinion is he might come out and try and earn Wilder's respect, whether that's a big shot or, you know, just pushing him back a little bit. But I don't think you'll get the situation where Klitschko, where he was just staying calm all the way, even though he was losing. I think Wilder will, doesn't give a fuck, mate. He'll just throw anything at any time. And that could be the most dangerous thing in the world, you know what I mean? Well, it's funny that you just touched on, on, on the fight yourself there, so I think we'll head into the sort of breakdown part of, of this episode and let's try and break down the fight in in both ways, really. I think to, to look at it objectively, we've got to kind of try and break it down as how you could see keys to victory for each man. And you, you made me laugh because obviously Wilder, like you said, he will throw anything from any angle at any one given time and... That's what we are going to expect on Saturday. People are going to expect that. People are going to expect him to just throw these random shots. But Tyson Fury has got to, for me, he's got to use the advantages he has. Yeah. He's got to use that physical advantages he's got. He's clearly got the better footwork. Yeah. He's probably got better hand speed. He's very fast for a big guy like him, and, and that obviously plays in his favour. And if he uses that to his advantages, he could make this an easy night's work for himself against a guy who will swing wildly and, and, and miss. If he can just keep off, like, you know, from Fury's point of view, if he can keep offsetting them with, like, three and four and just never let never let Wilder like think right this is when big right hands coming sort of thing then I think that's his way to victory but it's it's un- as I just said to you there I can sort of see first two rounds maybe first three rounds Fury coming out maybe even having his gloves around his ears and just saying right I'm going to try and you know push you let, let's take Wilder somewhere where he's not been before Yeah. you know when he was on the back foot against Ortiz he didn't like it he wasn't happy he was, I mean, he was about three or four punches from getting stopped so, I don't know whether Fiori might try and get his respect a little bit and say, you know, I'm not just going to be on the back foot here defending. 
you're going to have to do a bit of defending as well. Bjorn's got the ability to step yeah. in with the punches and step has. out again. Of course he has, and I think just if he can write right off like three or four against against Wilder, then that is that's going to sort of make Wilder think right. I've got to do something a bit different here, and can he do something different? Or no, none of us really know at that level against someone of Fury's ability. So I think if it wouldn't be wise for Fury to like sit back and just sort of like fight on the back foot the way he was maybe it later in the fight yeah to like you know shore up the win if that's the way it's going but yeah. I think he's got to get Wilder's respect early for me that's I think he's got to do I think you're right I think he's got to get the respect off him early I think he's got to show him who's boss if he's going to yeah. win the fight he's got to show him who's boss and show it him early because Wilder is going to come swinging forward no matter what no matter how many times you hit the guy he's sometimes you, you watch his fights and you think He's a bit of a car crash waiting to happen at times. If he goes in there with a, you know an experienced guy who can, you can just sort of. I'm not saying anyone else's fought isn't experienced, but I think Ortiz's shown us the the fragilities yeah. that he's got, and a guy of Ortiz's you know boxing level was able to exploit a lot of them fragilities. And like you said, three or four punches away from stopping him at one point. If Tyson Fury can get in, he's not renowned for being this big puncher, but a combination of punches, like you said, threes and fours could quite easily you know get that respect from him and I think that's what he has to do he has to be very smart very clever use the advantages use the ring and I, I, I think he could make it a very easy night's work for himself but it, as you say like maybe he's not maybe sure he's not the big concussive puncher but look what he does to Steve Cunningham and the reason I draw that comparison is because Steve Cunningham is going to be a similar weight to what Deontay Wilder will be on the weekend like 15 off stone somewhere, yeah. somewhere around there so you know, Fury's a big man to be punching someone who's maybe two and a half stone less than him. You know, don't quote me on that, but he will, <laughs> he, there will be a weight advantage in Fury's favour. Physical, so, physical advantages as well, though, because yeah, Cunningham exactly was so. a bit. Cunningham's quite a bit smaller than Wilder. Yeah, though, I think he? I think he is smaller, but in terms of weight, you know, if if Fury catches Wilder clean, he's going to feel it. No one can say that he's not because you know maybe up against the big, big, big heavyweights, he's not this one punch knockout artist, but he's still got power. That's like you can't say he's a f- he's feather fisted. He's clearly not. You know what I mean. So, I think if he does um, come forward, it could pose serious problems for Wilder. So what about Wilder then? I mean, going we, we we're talking a lot about the way he fights and the unorthodox style that he's got, and the footwork can sometimes look a bit sloppy. And how do you think he's going to have to win this fight? Do you do you do you believe like a lot of people he's just going to have to try and catch him with a right hand, a lucky right hand, or uh, an unorthodox right hand, or something that Fury's not going to see coming? Well, if he does, then he, he he will knock Fury out. He'll knock anyone out if he lands one of them big right hands. Stand by that. I don't think there's many fighters in boxing who'll stand up to that big right hand. So, but I think more he might be looking more like an accumulation. If he can give Fury say like four or five rounds of just a beating, you know, just constant, constant on top of him, just letting off shots. You know, that's when sort of, you know, Fury's past might might creep in and he might he might gas. But in the, in that's it's so hard this fight because in that same respect if Fury if Wilder does throw them crazy shots and Fury makes a miss. Yeah. Can Wilder gas, you know what I mean? So exactly. it's it's one of them where I think the way I see Wilder winning is either one of them crazy right hands that are knock out a rhino or it's an accumulation where he just pummels Fiori and you know I can see Fiori maybe just retreating and just taking a bit of a bit of a beating but yeah it's one of them it's, it can go so many ways but um, I think Wilder's activity you'll be looking at saying you know I'm the fresher fighter I'm the one who's got a bit of momentum I'm the one who's had good tests over the years 
you know, I can hit harder and more athletic. You know, let's let's put all these advantages and push Fury back. But it's, it's not like he's going to go in there though, is it? And try and out jab him because no. that's not his style. He doesn't. He doesn't do that. He doesn't. He doesn't. That's just not the way he works. He, he's not going to go in there and try and out box Fury. He's going to go in there and and try and land that right hand. Mm. And I think it's. There's, there's no other way I can see Wilder coming into this fight other than trying to land the right hand. But that that if that's the tactic they employ for the fight, for me, that's a big mistake because how many times in history have we seen fighters with a big right hand, you know, blowed up that one punch and just completely get outboxed? And then on the fl- alley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you flip the coin over and you say, well, actually, how many times have you, you know, seen these highlight reel knockouts from from yeah. just random big right hands that someone like Deontay Wilder can throw? And I think if he gets hits Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury, you know, he always says he's a fighting man, you know, all the rest of it. Could he get back up? Well, I think did he, did he knock Ortiz down in the fight? I can't remember. Yeah, he did. He did. Ortiz he got, Ortiz up. got up, didn't he? he yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't the same really no he wasn't and and you know we beat the fight out of him and do you know what if the fight went pretty similar to that I wouldn't be surprised you know if Fury had his moments where you know you think Wilder's gone here but then sort of 7-8-9 Wilder's just too fresh I wouldn't be surprised by that at all and I think that's sort of my thinking on the fight is the fact that I do think Wilder's just is just too fresh he is there is he 33 I think uh, 33 yeah so yeah, you know, he's he obviously yeah, not yeah. A, he's not a young man but um, not old, but you know, in boxing terms. So, yeah, I just think he might just be a bit too fresh, unfortunately. I think predictions are on the cards now. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to go through the prediction stage, and we'll before we give our predictions, there are a couple of predictions that we managed to get from uh, other people out in the boxing world, writers, fighters, promoters. So we'll give you their predictions first, and then we'll come into our predictions before the end of the show, and then we've got our little betting segment at the end. This is John Bruce, writer for Ring News 24 and fight reporter for Boxing News magazine. And I'm picking Tyson Fury to win against an exhausted Deontay Wilder on the 11th or 12th round with the ref stepping in to stop the fight. Good luck. Hello, this is Callum Johnson, British and Commonwealth lightweight champion. Uh, my prediction for the Fury Wilder fight is a Tyson Fury points win. Um, I think his skills will be uh, too good for Wilder. And I think he'll run away with it on points. It's a fight I'm very much looking forward to, though, and you know I think uh, he'll have us on the edge of our seats. What up, fight fans? This is Alfonso Tigre Lopez, Houston, Texas, and I like Wilder in this fight. He, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be a little bit reckless, but I, I see him with the bigger punches, and uh, and I and I think he gets the knockout. Wilder for the knockout Saturday night. Thank y'all. So there you go, some predictions there from the boxing world. And now we'll go into our predictions and we'll talk a little bit about the fight week itself. So let's start with uh, the, the the kerfuffle that was the final presser this week. Um, it seemed a bit more than just handbags to me this time around. It, people were slating the, the BT Sport stuff that was done a few weeks back. It see, that seemed a bit staged and you could see they were all mates outside of it anyway and all the rest of it. But this looked a bit more like they knew it was game time and everybody just, you know, all the clingers on wanted to get involved and everything. It was just... Um, it was a bit more than just handbags. This Frank one, Warren nearly got himself death. I know, I'd seen that. I was just like, <laughs> he nearly took one of uh, Wilder's big right hands <laughs> yeah. there, didn't he? I think he started. I think he touched Wilder, and Wilder didn't take too nice to. So he said, "You know, 
get your hands off me sort of thing. Yeah. Ended up poking Fury in the eye. <laughs> I mean, and for people who haven't seen it, it doesn't sound like much, but it did, it, it did sort of kick off. But I don't think it was staged because I don't know if you've seen like Shane Fury, who's Tyson's brother. Yeah, yeah. He was like off stage with crutches or whatever, and you know he's hobbling on. So I think if it was staged, he'd have been a bit closer. But yeah, it, it sort of looked like temper, uh, tempers are just boiling over a little bit. I mean, we've had a couple of conversations about how we think, you know, I, I did want to get a look at the fighters before I made any, you know, solid predictions, which I'm going to do a bit later. But, um, yeah, like, we've had a little conversation about how Fiori looks and we're a bit, <laughs> we're a bit at the opposite end of the spectrum. And yeah. That, and, that, and I think, I don't think he looks great at all. I think, I think he looks, he looks like worn. Just don't think the way cutters look very good for him. And I know, like I've said to you a couple of times, he come down from Big Bear early. Freddie Roach said he was, you know, uh, uncomfortable, I think, the way they used. So, it's obviously hard up there. It's not easy being, you know, in the, uh, up in the mountains in California. But, it's, um, I don't know how much to look into that, really. It's hard because he could just he could just be coming down because he likes LA. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, you know, it's, it's tough because he's obviously gone there for a reason and then he's come, he's come out of it early, so... Well, read into that what you will, but yeah, in my opinion, I don't think it looks great at all. I know, I mean, and I know you said this to me a few times, and obviously I've disagreed with you because I, I think he looks the same old Tyson Fury to me. I don't think I've ever seen him in very good physical shape. Uh, I, I think I think the Klitschko fight he did look really good, and I think we both agree he looks yeah. really good in that shape-wise in that fight on the scales. But I don't, I don't think he looks as good as that now. But given where he was at. Given where he was at, and if you got to look at him, if you look at him from the last two fights that he's been in, with obviously Safari and Bayonetta, you can see obviously the way they've brought the weight down. And I'll say it again: bodies don't win fights. And regardless of, he might look a little bit like he's got a little bit of excess, you know, there on 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 his gut. But he's bound to have some sort of excess there because he's brought his weight down from what twenty eight stone yeah. to to around about nineteen stone. I'm expecting him to you know to come in at and. If he's done that, it's an achievement on it on its own, and that's where people will will read into it and say, "Well, is he going to gas? Is he going to have the stamina left, and all the rest of it?" And, and I don't don't think that's the case. I think you can sit there and argue that point, but I honestly don't think that's going to be the case. I'm fighting. I think he's ready. He's ready for it, and he's confident. And I've not seen anything in the build up to the fight that makes me think otherwise. That Tyson Fury is going to go in there and produce something, and 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 kind of give us a bit of history, you know, a bit of a history-making moment, really, and, and and leading to, you know, a big domestic world championship showdown, and, and that's, you know, that's uh, Eddie Hearn's wet dream, really, because, you know, as much as he says he doesn't want to negotiate with Fury and all the rest of it, he tried to get Fury... Well, he, got, he tried to get Fury yeah. before Warren got him, and the reason he says this is Eddie Hearn by the way the reason Eddie Hearn says he didn't want to sign with them is because he wanted to give them harder fights than yeah. what he had which I can see why he's slagging him off for that I, I can because the fights were a bit shit let's be honest they weren't any, they, you know they weren't any world beaters you know they weren't guys that you know there were, were any sort of they, they, were, they were shit it wasn't the best tune up fights and that's something I can agree on with you when you talk about this fight is the, the, you know the build ups for him you know going into this big fight like this hasn't been great the fights haven't been great that does concern me a little bit but I've said it before in the episode that you can't judge it off the off, off the last two fights you've got to go into it and give him the opportunity to, to actually produce the goods and you said earlier in the episode that 
he, he seems to be the type of fighter that steps up to the level he's fighting against. Yeah, I think, you know, touching on his weight thing, it's a great achievement, you know, I'm not trying to pull away from the fact that, that I'm not trying to say he looks shit because he obviously looks a lot better than when he was 28 stone, but, you know, I think fair play to Ben Davison as well, he gets a lot of stick, Ben Davison, Absolutely, but yeah. I don't really understand why, you know, the lad's doing, done an absolute great job on with Fury physically and mentally, but, and just to touch on that, I've seen, like, it's a bit old, old news now, but he's obviously got Freddie Roach and Ricky Hatton in his corner to help with Ben Davison. People saying, oh, you know, it's undermining Ben Davison bringing Freddie Roach in. That is absolutely ridiculous. Oh. Like, why would you not... If Freddie Roach is there and will be a cut man in, in inverted commas, but will offer all his experience, why would Ben Davison go, no, thanks, I'll do it on my own? Yeah. It, 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 it'd be stubborn beyond belief and would not be wise. It's called learning. It's for Ben Davison. Exactly. He's a very young trainer. It's called, This is a fantastic opportunity for Ben Davison to have a guy like Freddie Roach in his corner. Uh, Ricky Hatton, I'll be honest, I don't think he's the best trainer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, by all accounts, I don't think as a trainer he's the best trainer out there he's, he's a great name to have in his corner in, in terms of fight experience. He's been there and done it and seen it all. But for me, the, the man in, in the corner that will help Ben Davidson hopefully, you know, achieve this um, this goal on Saturday night would be Freddie Roach because he's had multiple world champions across the years and yeah. he, he knows he's seen everything there is to see in boxing. He's a legend of the game and, you know, Shane McGuigan on a smaller scale does it with Jimmy Tibbs. You know, it's showing that level of maturity to say, yeah, I don't know everything, but I can pull in people who can help me. Yeah. That's a good thing, and yeah. I think that's not only beneficial for Fury and a fight where he's going to need his corner. And it's not going to be easy. He's not going to coast. He's going to need his corner to maybe give him a roll or maybe you know give him a bit of advice on how to get it past a few rounds if he's tired and stuff like that. So obviously we're gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but just on that point, it, I think you know Ben Davison does deserve some credit, and I hope he gets it after this fight, win, lose, win, lose or draw, because as I said, he does he does deserve it. Oh, did you did you hear the story about um, how he got Ben Davison as his trainer? Oh yeah, but asking the girls for the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that that's Fiori all over, isn't it? That's the best, like best bet Ben Davison's ever done in his life. <laughs> he made him a couple of million quid or something. I know, so, I know. Yeah. Fair play to him. I hope he has a good career. All the interviews I see with Ben Davison, I like him. I like everything he says. I like the way he handles himself and. You know, as I said, win, lose or draw, I think he's got a good career as the trainer ahead of him. Yeah. So, you know, good luck to him. Well, let's move back on to what we were originally talking about, and I think we go into the core prediction now. We've talked a little bit about fight week, where it is at the moment, and what's been going on, and obviously there's a there's a way in yet to happen, but we want to talk about our actual predictions. You've heard a couple of predictions in the boxing world. Let's talk about ours, and... Uh, I think uh, I'm going to let you go first on this one, Jordy, because uh, it'll be it'll be interesting, and it's it's one where I can honestly say I'm going to go with 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 uh, what I think is going to happen, and this uh, is not bias. I'm not, you know, I like Tyson Fury to win, but I'm doing it objectively, and I think this is I think you know my prediction is what's going to go down. But Jordy, I'll shut up. You do your <laughs> prediction first. To be honest, I've changed. When it first got announced, I was saying. Fury wins, Fury beats him, Fury's well better boxer, wild as shit. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like um, as you know, I took all the emotion out of it and I've sat down, tried to think about the fight, and you know, I've fought about the fight a lot. I just don't see how Fury, I just don't think Fury's ready. As much as his ability is, is brilliant, and as much as he's a much better technical boxer than Wilder, I think it's too soon. I think he's good enough to get himself through the first half of the fight and have his moments. But I think Wilder catches up with him and stops him between 7 and 12. And I said to you before, and you sort of said, shut up, he won't do that. But 
I wouldn't be surprised if he retired or was pulled out. And I know he comes from heritage where that doesn't happen. Fair play, but you're tired and gassed and got nothing left. You don't want to be in that ring with Wilder. So, yeah, at the end of the day, my uh, final prediction is uh, Wilder stoppage between 7 and 12. Well, mine's the opposite because I, regardless of me wanting Fury to win, my you know my mind tells me that he, he's going to be able to go in there and, and pull off an upset, and you know we, we're going to be talking about it all through all through Sunday. That you know the world's going to be talking about this win because it will be one of the greatest comebacks you know in, in sporting history. I mean, it's a very bold statement to make. I know, and people are probably looking at looking at this you know, and well, they're listening, thinking, "What the hell is this guy on about?" <laughs> Honestly. I do genuinely believe if he pulls this off, it is one of the greatest sporting comebacks. Not so much because, uh, he, you know, he, he said it earlier, he doesn't look like an athlete, but in terms of the what he's come back from and his personal life, to be able to do this and be an undefeated heavyweight champion with 40 wins on his record, seemingly, you know, a guy that whatever he hits or destroys... And, and wins for me that that's an absolutely fantastic achievement and I would be absolutely buzzing for him to win it but I do think well, all the points that I've raised in this episode I think Wilder um, is very unorthodox and I don't think it will play to his advantage on Saturday night because I think Fury is very quick very very good footwork very good head movement moves very fast for a big guy has got himself down to the weight over two fights and he's going into this one as his third fight back I think they'll have done everything the right way and from everything that I've seen so far I'm not going to judge it off the last two fights because I don't think they'll give us any indication because none of them are on the same level as Wilder but I do feel like he will outbox Wilder uh, possibly possibly a late stoppage if he makes Wilder miss gets him frustrated or if he's already got into Wilder's head at this point I think we're going to see uh, a stoppage uh, or a points win for Tyson Fury on Saturday night and that's my final prediction for this one well, uh, we're obviously at different ends, but uh, <laughs> the loser brings the beers, I reckon. Uh, yeah, well, uh, there's got to be some sort of forfeit <laughs> for there, hasn't they? Like, we've got to think of a really. That's the that's the beauty of this fight, though, isn't it? It, it does split opinion, and yeah, you know, that's why we're all watching. That's why people are going to get up. A, I think it's been it's like five in the morning or something. Oh, like something ridiculous so, like that. <laughs> probably the same time here, Frank's London show starts. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like it's one of them. It splits opinion, and we're all going to be up and. Watching and let's see how it plays out. But I think you're probably right. If Fury does pull it off, it's one of the best, one um, one of the biggest sporting comebacks of all time. Is it? Do you think it's a bold statement? That I mean, I think it would be a, a sporting comeback. To Where he was, like you know, without getting too deep on, he was almost committing suicide. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? And that's what, two and a half years ago, two years ago, to then come back and be the world heavyweight champion. I mean, it's something that people will make movies about in a few years, and you know. Mate, I don't think he'll win, but if he did, I'll, I'd be genuinely, genuinely happy for him because I think you know it just—it's a—it's a great story, it's a great feel-good story. So you know, as I said, I don't think he will, but I'd love him to. <laughs> I think there's something we've not really touched on in the episode, which maybe people will pull us up on, and it's kind of just sprung to my mind at this late stage. Is uh, there's a lot of people out there that will call him a performance-enhancing drugs cheat? Because mm. of his past, you know, do we look too much into into that factor? Do we do we slate him for that? Do we you know? Do we criticise him for that? Because obviously, I've absolutely berated Canelo for it for for the Clembutrol stuff, and you know, I'm kind of that kind of stuff's kind of eluded me a little bit. You know, doing this episode where I thought to myself, 
you know, I want him, you know, hopefully he'll win it and blah, 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 blah. But then there's the performance enhancing drugs factor of it. And really, should he be even in this fight? As some people might even say that. I mean, is it a, is it a valid point to raise or do you think it's just sort of something we, are we forgetting about that? Yeah, I don't, mean, I'm, I don't know who's a drug taker and who's not. Like, I just, like, the, the, it's such a grey area. Like, yeah. what is a performance enhancing drug? Like there's a list of about fifty chemicals or whatever that or substances as they call them that get you banned. You know it used to be a um, pre-workout drink and yeah. then you know obviously steroids and stuff. But you know I think it's just one of them. We don't know who's performing and uh, been on performance and drugs. We don't know who's on drugs now. We don't know who's going to be on drugs and we don't know who's been on drugs in the past. It's such a grey area. It's the biggest problem in the sport. Biggest problem in sport in general. So yeah, I don't. I think I'd hope that everyone just keeps that out the mouth for the, just for this fight. Let's just enjoy it for what it is, and you know, let's hope none of them are on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, they're all signed up. I think for Farah, aren't they? Yeah. I think both of them for this fight. So um, WPC were quite keen on, on putting this into place a couple of months ago. But let's move on to the final segment then of this preview episode, and I'm come to you, Jordy, the man that goes to Cheltenham, the man that knows a lot about betting. This is our little betting segment for this big fight, Jordy. If my missus is listening, the man who knows nothing about betting, <laughs> never bet in his life. But um, no, yeah, it's something that we've tried to introduce, or we're trying to introduce, and I think it's a good little, it's a good little segment, and hopefully people can get it, get involved, and you know, have a little. A little sensible bet on the boxing and try and make it more enjoyable for us all. But don't hold, don't hold us to it though. <laughs> no, don't, don't, be put, don't be putting your house on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, um, we should say this really, and I'll reiterate it at the end. But if you do get involved, gamble responsibly. You know, Absolutely. do everything within your means, and you know, it, it's not about changing your life. This this is just a bit of fun to watch the boxing with. Um, so for the for the big fight, Wilder Fury, we've been over it, but you know, I've had a look today. I've seen. Wilder to win by KO, TKO or disqualification, you know, it all it's basically if he wins by stoppage or by any means, is evens, you know, eleven to ten in some places. So basically double your money. So I think for anyone looking to uh, pay for the pizza and beers, you know, that's gonna be a it's gonna be a good bet in my opinion. Um and just I was looking down the undercard but there's a lot of fights where, you know, people are one to two hundred and fifty on and stuff like that, so it's hard to get any value but I think if you're looking for a little double that'll that'll um you know, keep you excited a little bit. I think what I've mentioned before about Wilder between seven and twelve, that's seven to two. And you've got Gerard Heard fighting a Britain uh, Jason Wellborn. I'm probably going against the Brits all over the place here, but <laughs> I think Gerard Heard's just a couple of levels above and he'll get that done fairly quickly. I think we've both agreed on that. So yeah, Deontay Wilder between seven and twelve, uh, seven to two, and then Gerard uh, Heard between one and six is four to seven, so put them in a double, you get about six to one. So, you know, ten I get you seventy quid. So yeah, I think that that you wouldn't go too wrong with that. So hopefully we're sitting here next week and these have these have all won and we've all won a few quid. But you know, yeah, it's a you know, gamble responsibly and, and enjoy. And if you do put any of these bets on and you do become successful uh, with any of the bets over the weekend, please let us know because it'll be very interesting to see whether um, Geordie's little betting tips come off this weekend. It'll be Because uh, if they are, I'll tell you what, I'll, uh, I'll be picking his brains for the future, <laughs> definitely. Um, but no, that's it for this episode then. We've covered everything off we want to cover for this one. Um, Geordie, is there anything else before we call it an episode? No, just basically... What a fight we've got in store. Great to see a big, massive heavyweight fight. Great to see it, you know, on BT Sport. I know it's pay-per-view, but, you know, great to see it getting 
put out to the masses over here and just roll on Saturday night, Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm absolutely buzzing for it. So, guys, you know where to find us. I said at the top of the show, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, Player FM, TuneIn, Spotify. They're all there. Go on there, subscribe to us, uh, leave us a comment. We've had some great comments coming this week, so leave us a comment on there. Uh, give us a rating. It all helps us get up there and get to the, the top of them rankings and get us even more known than what we are at the moment. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode, the preview of Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. Enjoy, fight fans. for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.